Hey guys, welcome back to the Switch Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm also Jake. And today, it's such an honor for the Switch Podcast crew to welcome former Major League infielder Adam Rosales to the podcast. We can't thank you enough for joining us, and we can't wait to get started. So Adam, how have you been during the quarantine? I've been all right, trying to stay busy, trying to do a a couple different things, still working with kids remotely, um, doing some online training with some kids, but definitely staying busy. Yeah, so we hope that you and your family are staying safe and everything, and let's start this interview. So our first question is something you might get a lot. At what age did you start playing baseball? Uh, As young as I can remember. My, My first game was when I was about probably four or five years old. It was a t-ball game, and the coach didn't even let me play in it, probably because I was too young. My older brother got to play, but it was in Chicago where I was born and raised. Um, it was uh, Actually, I was playing for the Padres, and I was playing against the Blue Jays. That's how much I remember. <laughs> so what was your favorite um, team and player? My favorite team that I played for? That's a... There's no, a like, lot of, like when you were younger. It's like growing um, up. When I was growing up, my favorite team was the Chicago Cubs. And I always loved going to Wrigley Field. And my favorite guy was Sean Dunstan. He was a, he was a shortstop for the Cubs uh, back in the 90s. So in that high school, you received All-State honors. So what was that like for you, just wanting that? Uh, that was always a goal. I, I'm not sure if I got, I don't think I got All-State. I think I got second team All-State, to be exact. But my goal was always, my number one goal was to win State. You know, my number one goal was a team goal to win State. But, um, and that just kind of came along with it. To be an All-State player was pretty neat, pretty cool recognition. I mean, obviously with a lot of competition in Chicago and in Illinois, it was pretty, uh, pretty remarkable. So, for college, what made you choose Western Michigan? That was probably the toughest choice that I might had made in my whole baseball journey, was which school I wanted to go to. And I was really close to going to Illinois State and staying in, because I'm from Illinois, staying in-state, not having to pay the in-state tuition. But it was the coach. It was Coach Fred Decker at Western Michigan, who I could just tell he wanted me to come there and I could tell that he wanted me to start as a freshman if I earned it. And that's what I wanted to do. The, the other coaches were kind of talking about redshirting me or they're talking about their infielders that they got already. But Coach Fred Decker was, he told me straight up, it's going to be tough to start as a freshman, but we believe you can do it. And I bought into that and, and I did it. You know, I started as a freshman. So, in 2005, you were drafted in 12th round by Cincinnati Reds. So, what was that like for you, just getting drafted for such a huge achievement? Unbelievable. And it was the first day I got drafted. Because now, now there's only, I think there's only five rounds in the MLB draft. Back then, there was like 50-something. Um, and my name, I told my mom and my cousin that were watching the draft, at least watching like the ticker come up. And I told them, hey, you guys probably shouldn't be watching the first day because I'm not going to go the first day anyway. I was just hoping for a chance to play professional baseball. And then I ended up going the 12th round, and I was ecstatic. Uh, just, just a really special day in my baseball journey.
that must have been a great experience for you. Um, so moving on, in 2008, you were called up to join the Reds. So like, what was that accomplishment like going on an MLB roster? Unbelievable. There's only been three times where it feels like time has stopped for me in my life. And two of those times were when my kids were born. Uh, my daughter, she was born and my son that was born, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the most unbelievable experience. Uh, so I'm just full of that love. But And then the third time was when I got my call to the major leagues because that's what I've been working on since I've been here, both of your ages, and, and going up. And just to finally know that you are a major league baseball player now and nobody can take that away from you is pretty special. So in 2010, you're trained to the Oakland Athletics from the Cincinnati Reds. So what was it like switching organization that early in your career, only two years after playing with the Cincinnati Reds MLB roster? You know, that was a huge opportunity for me. I mean, Billy Bean called me directly, and I had a great conversation with him. Um, and just going to a new organization, it's a little different. Um, but we've been doing that ever since high school or college. There's always new, new players coming in. Or you're switching. It's a game of adjustments, right? It's, it's ner you're nervous about it, but you're excited um, to play on a new field, play with new teammates, you know, play in a new division. It's a lot of new stuff going on, but it was really awesome. It was a great opportunity to go play because the A's, the Oakland A's, let me develop in the major leagues, it seemed like. I mean, I played pretty well my first year over there, but they kind of let me develop as a major leaguer. So this one's kind of a really long question, but in 2013, something very strange and funny kind of happened. So so you were designated by assignment by the Oakland Athletics, and then you were picked up by the Rangers, then designated again and picked up by the Athletics again, and designated again, picked up by the Rangers, and finally designated again, and you were outright into the minors. What was that craziness like for you? <laughs> That's probably more crazy for my wife, but to sum it up, I was in Toronto playing against the Blue Jays with the Oakland A's. My wife was in Oakland waiting to see what was going to happen next. And our car, with all of our belongings, suitcases, everything, was in Texas. So I'm, I'm in Toronto with the A's, cars in Texas, my wife's in Oakland. And we were just all scattered around. I mean... America and Canada, you know, so it's pretty, pretty wild, but going back and forth, it, it was pretty, um, it felt good because somebody wanted me, right? They wanted me on the, the playoff roster because they were both fighting for a chance to get to the playoffs that year. Um, but, uh, we ended up, we didn't end up making it. I ended up, uh, with the, I like, sticking with the Rangers and we played against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, it was the I think it was the 163rd game of the season. That was it year. a tiebreaker? Was it like a tiebreaker? It was a tiebreaker, so we had to play the extra game. So it was crazy, crazy times. So in, later in 2016, you were um, you had your best hitting with 13 homers and 33 RBIs. So what was your key success with your best like season-wise hitting? It was a lot of failure that year. I was failing big time in April, May, and part of June. And they probably were talking about sending me back down to AAA. And it was on my mind. I was almost like waiting for the call to, to put me back in the in AAA. 
Um, so it was really nerve-wracking, but then I just turned it around. I give a lot of credit to my manager, Andy Green, one of my favorite managers of all time, one of my favorite teammates of all time as well. But also give a lot of credit to Alan Zinter, my hitting coach, who helped me uh, develop a better routine in the cage. And it was we gamified my drills. We started putting games into the way I was working in the batting cage, and it kind of alleviated that pressure from my mind just by playing games, it was super helpful. So later in your career, since you kind of were a veteran in the league, were there any like younger prospect guys you kind of took under your wing and gave them some advice? I mean, a lot, a lot of those kids were, it seemed like they had it figured out already. Like, um, for, for like, they were playing every day. These kids would come up, they play every day. I mean, I was like a utility player. Um, there were a few times that I would, I think for me personally, I'm more of a person that leads by example, just hard work. I'm going to be a hard worker in the workout room. I get on the field before the game and I'm doing my extra work. And I think just the way I went about my business uh, as a utility player uh, reflected on some of the younger players and they kind of fed off my energy. And it let, you know, if anything, it let younger players see that a guy like me could actually make a career out of this, out of a long career. Um, but I, I never, like, really, like, took anybody, like, directly under my wing because I feel like they had it figured out already, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, our last regular, like, LB question is, when do when you like playing under so many coaches and playing in, like, multiple organizations in the LB for a bunch of years? How did I like playing for all the different coaches? Like, what have you kind of learned like, from all those different coaches and just playing in so many different organizations? There's been so many great lessons that I've learned from so many great men and leaders out there. Um, gosh, I mean, I tell this story all the time, but Bo Mel is my favorite. So Bob Melvin is my favorite manager. I had him for the longest uh, being in Oakland, because I played in Oakland the longest, and I had him. But he, uh, I was going in 2012. I was going back and forth between AAA and the major leagues, and and I never say anything when I go into the meetings. And then finally, I'm like, you know, this is happening like five or six times this year. I'm finally going to say something. And I said, Bo Mel, I wish you guys had more confidence in me. And Bo Mel didn't hesitate, and he said, Adam, before we could have more confidence in you. You gotta have more confidence in yourself, and it was it was like lessons like that from leaders like that that um, that helped me extend my career. You know, that was 2012. I got to play uh, whatever it was. 2012. I got to play at least six more years of professional baseball after that conversation. So it's like it's it's what you learn from people like that, like Bob Melvin. So now we're going to hit you with some different, like, rapid-fire questions. We're, I think it's nine or ten these. And Jake's going to start with the first one. So these are kind of for the listeners to get to know you. These are going to be really quick answers, kind of. So let's do this. Um, what's the favorite, your favorite place you travel to? It could be, like, where you go to play baseball or just in general. I'm pretty biased towards Chicago because that's where I grew up and I got a lot of family there. But it's always awesome going to Fenway, going to Boston. Um, I just love the... The history in the whole city, and I just love Fenway. I really do. It's similar to Wrigley Field. So, um, what's your favorite food? Just this quick answer, I guess, really. 
my mom's enchiladas. I think I've since got the recipe. So, um, yeah, it's uh, her enchiladas. She made. We always have like a, a family tradition at Christmas to make enchiladas and her her lentils and rice and just really good. So, what's your favorite non-baseball sports team and favorite non-baseball athlete? <laughs> so, does it have to be current? Um, no, it does not have to be current. All right. So, I, I would have to go with the Bulls, Chicago Bulls. I know they haven't really had much success since I've been a kid, really, like consistently. Uh, but we were, I was fortunate because I grew up watching Michael Jordan and him being he's got to be my all-time favorite athlete is michael jordan do you watch the last dance you know i haven't <laughs> i've been i've been pretty busy so i haven't i really look forward to watching it though so what's your next best sport outside of baseball like what you're good at kind of hey, man like good at i love playing pickup games of basketball i got i'm working on my jump shot but really uh I like I like hustling up and down the court, trying to play defense, you know, assist, pass the ball, set guys up for open shots. But yeah, that's what I probably really enjoy playing basketball after baseball. So, what's been your favorite moment in your career so far? I mean, past. Yeah, well, that's an easy one. That's playing in Dallas Braden's perfect game. So that's May 9th, two thousand ten, in Oakland. So I just got traded over to Oakland. And uh, May, May 9th, a month into getting traded over there, I get to play in a perfect game. And there's only been 23 perfect games, and I think he was number 19. So that's the chances of getting to do that and the pressure that you feel. I was playing second base. I can't imagine the pressure that Dallas felt, but he, he seemed to embrace it, seems to love it. Um, anyway, that's my favorite moment. That was on Mother's Day. So, who's your favorite coach you play on their manager? And I, I have to guess it's Bob Melvin, the manager of the AFAs. Uh, yeah, I've, had, I've, I've been so fortunate to have so many great managers. I really have. Like, I can list all of them. But Bob Melvin, I was with him the longest, and I think like I learned a ton from him. I'm uh, just a big fan of the way he, he went about managing and the way he went about communicating. Uh, fantastic human being. What do you think um, the favorite, your favorite stadium you've ever um, played at? So my favorite stadium I've ever played at, obviously, like I said, like Wrigley Field. It's dreamy to play at Wrigley Field for me. I couldn't believe that first time I stepped into the dish. And I looked up and I see that big scoreboard out in center field. But, I mean, and also said Boston, right? So I, I, it's easy to stay at Wrigley Field, so I always go with Boston. I always like playing at Fenway. Um, so what do you learn playing so many different positions throughout your career? Because I know you played second base mostly, but you, I think you also played different positions as well in the infield. You played the outfield too, right? Yeah, I play, yeah, so there's only two positions I haven't played in the major leagues. I you saw know? you pitch too. Is it true you pitched? I did, man. You did your homework. I'm really impressed. You guys are really good. I think yes. it was the A's you pitched, like two innings. I pitched with the Rangers against oh. the against the Yankees and against the Blue Jays. But the only two positions I haven't played are catcher and center field in the major leagues. Or even my whole pro, my pro career, I never played catcher or center field. For our last question today, it's going to be, what's the first thing you're going to do once quarantine is over? 
what am I going to do? What's the first thing I'm going to do? What's the core yeah. things? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you can do, but um, I don't know. Maybe go see a nice movie or something like that. <laughs> you know, go to movie theaters again or go, I don't know. Obviously, if you go, go be around, you know what? Like, to have like a, a get together at our house. You know, like have friends over, make dinner for them, have a barbecue. I feel like having just like a, a, a nice big get together with, with family and friends would be really special to me. So that's just about going to wrap up our interview with you, Adam. Thanks so much again for joining us. We really do appreciate it. And to our listeners, please make sure to donate to our GoFundMe charity to help COVID-19 relief, which the link is in our bio on Instagram. And please comment, follow, and drop a like on our podcast on Spotify, SnapCloud, and Apple. Thanks a lot, Adam, and have a great day and stay safe. All right. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys for listening. Um, We'll see you in the next one. Thank you.